Are you ready to experience the rich interconnection of spirituality, orientation, and identity? If so, plan to attend Liberating Your Divine Identity, a retreat at Unity Village during Pride Month, June 9th to the 12th. This soul-filled retreat is facilitated by LGBTQIA plus Unity Ministers with workshops and ceremonies to cultivate a deeper awareness of our spiritual nature. Register at unityvillage.org forward slash I am divine 2022. Discover the power within Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Welcome to the Yoga Hour, offering insights and practices for spiritually consciously living today. Here's your host, Yogacharya, Ellen Grace O'Brien. Good morning and welcome to the Yoga Hour, where we talk about yoga in all its depth and breadth as a path to spiritually conscious, fulfilled living today. I am the co-host and producer of the show, Dr. Laurel Trujillo, and today our topic is yoga and oneness. My guest today is Ms. Chala Joy Davy, pioneer in the field of alternative healing and renowned yoga expert who has spent years helping people realize the healthful and stress-controlling benefits of yoga. She's the author of several books, including one released earlier this month, The Namaste Effect, Expressing Universal Love Through the Chakras. Originally trained in Western medicine, Ms. Chala began to blend Western medicine with yoga, offering her expertise in developing the yoga portion of the Dean Ornish Program for Reversing Heart Disease. She also co-founded the award-winning Commonweal Cancer Help Program. Welcome, Ms. Chala Joy Davy. I'm delighted you could join me today on the Yoga Hour. Namaste, Laurel. It's my joy to be here. Thank you. Before we dive in to our conversation about yoga and oneness and the chakras, let's begin with a moment of practicing what we're about to discuss, a moment of meditation, a yoga moment. So let's begin right where we are, wherever we are, and just feel our bodies, feel our bodies in space and feel the surfaces that are supporting us. And then let's turn our attention to our breath, the tool that's always with us to help us bring ourselves present to now. So just notice As you take a fully conscious breath, notice the inhale and the exhale. On the inhale, notice the cool air in the nostrils. And on the exhale, the warm air flowing out. And now let's imagine with each breath, we can dive within on the inhale And on the exhale, we can relax. And as we do this, we feel our attention shifting 
from our mind and dropping down into our heart and resting there in the heart with the essence of our being. This essence is the support and substance of all that is. It's within us, between us and all around us. And just by being present and noticing we can rest Rest in this essence of our being. Opening our hearts to that universal love that is present. Allowing the peace that is there to permeate. Permeate the mental field, the emotional nature, and the physical body. Opening our hearts so that that love and peace spread throughout our body to be absorbed by every cell. And as we rest here in this peace, in this love, Let's take a moment to remember that it's always within us. It's a portable peace. And that we can take it with us wherever we go. Once again, this Chala Joy Davy, welcome to the Yoga Hour. It's so delightful to have you as a guest once again. Thank you so much. That was so beautiful. Thank you, Laurel. Yeah. So I want to talk with you about your new book, The Namaste yeah. Effect, Expressing Universal Love Through the Chakras, which was just released earlier this month. It contains a wealth of information about the chakras. So um, I know you know, you have been studying and teaching and, and practicing as a, you know, yoga therapist for many, many years. Um, in writing the book about the chakras, why did you choose to focus it on the chakras and universal love rather than, uh, there's been so many other things that you could have chosen to focus on. So why, why that one? I think mostly it's the times it seems to me right now that people have a plethora of information that what are we doing with it? When I look around and I see how we're treating each other, how 
we're treating ourselves. It seemed to me that the one thing that people have not focused on is love. Even though we talk a lot about love and we use it, I love this, I love my car, I love my cat, I love my husband. We talk about a lot of it. We use the word, but what does it really mean? And to me, actually, I started off originally teaching the chakras, love through the chakras, and then it evolved over the years, and now I'm coming back to it. It just seemed like this message is so important right now to bring us back to that point of really who we are, being loving beings. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And you started uh, you start the book with a quote from Mahatma Gandhi. Um, very at the very beginning of the book, um, uh, Mahatma Gandhi's definition of the Sanskrit word Namaste. And the quote is, I honor the place within you where the entire universe resides. I honor the place within you of love, of light, of truth, of peace. I honor the place within you where when you are in that place in you and I am in that place in me, there is only one of us. I think that is so beautiful. And now we know why he was able to bring the entire British empire to its knees, because this is what he believed. And I think that we need more of this. There shouldn't be just a Mahatma Gandhi or a Nelson Mandela or a Martin Luther King. There has to be in each of us that desire and that manifestation to see that other person as us not as something else. And that's how we can harm people and hurt people and cast them away when we don't see them as ourselves. When we see them as ourself, then we have to see them as that beautiful spark of divinity. Mm-hmm. So the Namaste effect, that's yes. the title that you chose you know, for your book. I and did. I- Obviously, from what you just said, you know, you, I think, touched on the heart of it, you know, of what you're, you know, trying to accomplish. But you also go over even the, you know, that many people are familiar with the um, the the kind of sign for namaste, you know, the hand movement that goes along yes. with it, you know, yes. of your hands together in prayer position at the heart. Can you talk a little bit about the symbol, the symbolism of that? Yes. Uh, and I think anyone who has been exposed to yoga as it's used very um, often in yoga, also traveled anywhere in the East. Uh, It's used throughout Japan, China, Thailand, India, of course. And it's it's a way of greeting somebody, unlike the way that we greet in the West. In the West, we put out our hand, which originally meant, look, I have no weapon. So you shook hands seeing that there's no weapon in that hand. That's why it's done with the right hand. Or even the, the traditional bow that they use in China or Japan meant I expose my neck to you. I trust you. So here we or the raising of the armor for the salute. So here we have something that has nothing to do with any kind of fear. Instead, it's a union. We're reuniting the right and left sides of our body at our heart center. And when we do that, 
we realize that the oneness with us, within us, is the same as the oneness within everyone else. And there's something about the hand position and the offering of that to someone else that unites us, that brings us close to each other. And I find it, no matter where I go, if I do that to someone, they respond with such joy and love that that's the meaning of namaste. And the effect to me is that if each one of us does this, if each one of us has that awareness and that love and respect, what kind of world we would create that would be loving Mm -hmm. instead of what we have in some cases now. Right, right. Which is heartbreaking. Right. So, you know, you touched on uh, something that, you know, to me is the is the essence of yoga, which is that oneness, the oneness, you yes. know, between us all, which then makes that that love that we offer to each other such a natural such a natural uh, expression, you know, of our awareness that, you know, as Gandhi said, you know, when you are in that place in you and I am in that place in me, we are one. We are one. Yeah. We are one. And the thing is, we're always one, but we don't recognize it. Mm-hmm. And, and this, is, I, I, this is just a little gentle nudge to, to say it's time we start recognizing this in each other. Because not only does it benefit us, not only does it benefit the other person, but the entire world is benefited from it. Mm-hmm. Pass it around. We're right. all one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So you have worked for many years as a yoga therapist with clients who had all types of health problems, including heart disease and cancer. So in other words, not just, you know, small problems. I mean, these were people who are facing, you know, large problems. So what's your view of the importance of the this experience of universal love in the healing process? To me, it was paramount. Mm-hmm. What I saw and I think what happened is, especially when people are more isolated, and they get even more isolated when they're faced with a serious disease, it, your whole world gets very small. You just focus on what your next appointment is, what your next choice is, etc. And when we brought people together with other people, something happened. There was, um, I'll call it a magic, that that suddenly they realized there are other people suffering. It wasn't just them. And in that, the healing took place. Uh, one specific incident I remember is a um, uh, two people, we were doing the Commonwealth Cancer Program, and there was a certain point we were doing laying, laying on of hands mm-hmm. and with each other, not, as, not that we were the healers, they became the healers. And we... This one couple, uh, not with each other, but a couple of people, he was from Eastern Europe and had suffered greatly during the communist regime. And she was an African-American and had that history of slavery in her genes. And they didn't like each other at all. They really resisted. She wanted to get her hands on him, but he didn't want her. But they were the only two left. Mm. And when he laid down and she put her hands on him and she sent this love into him, after it was finished, 
they both embraced each other and they realized that they had a common suffering and that brought them together in that place of love. And mm -hmm. I've seen that over and over and over. We have to let go of the external and just focus on who we really are in our essence. That's mm -hmm. really the namaste to me. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so chakras, the idea of chakras or, you know, even the word chakra may be familiar to those who study yoga. You know, it's often referred to, for example, in a yoga class or something like that. But for those who aren't familiar with it, how, how do you explain chakras? That was the big challenge. Because <laughs> we don't really have a lot of words for the esoteric or the mystical in the English language. And uh, apparently they didn't have a lot of words in Sanskrit either because the first seers who recognized these whirling vortexes of energy within us, the word that they used was chakra. And chakra literally means wheel. So from that, people start to imagine or picture these chakras as these flat disks sitting somewhere in the body. And and in fact, they're not flat disks at all. They're, they're whirling vortexes of energy, a lot like the sun. They're just so powerful and so strong. And they're spherical. They're not in any way flat. And put off this energy that feeds the body, the mind, and the emotions with this energy of the ages of the uh, rarefied spirit. Mm -hmm. And that's how we live. That's who we are. And according to how the chakras function, if they're functioning well, we feel vital or we feel tired. We feel the ability to give out love or we get stingy with that love. And the chakras seem to respond best to positive energy and being acknowledged. And then one continues the other. So it's a, it's, it's a system that can't be seen with the physical eye, but it is a system that exists within us and is our very much our vital energy. Yes, and I think that is um, something that is um, uh, easy to trip over, I guess, is how I would describe it for, for um, some you know, very scientifically oriented people, you know, some physicians, um, you know, uh, scientists in general, I think, and, and there's this feeling of, um, if I can't see it, then, um, you know, or if we can't, you know, if there's not an MRI, you know, that'll show me the chakras, then I don't, you know, think that they exist. I had heard the comment, um, maybe someone, you know, told me that they had experienced this of, you know, of, uh, physicians said, well, I've done a dissection of the body, you know, and, and I, I, you know, there aren't any chakras. I couldn't, right. you know, there's exactly. nothing that you could see. <laughs> exactly. exactly. I, as a matter of fact, the first time I saw, uh, open heart surgery, I was peering over the table to see if I could see the heart chakra mm. and knowing of course that I couldn't because they're not physical. And in the book, I give that example because I've heard this. I mean, I, I'm a scientist myself. Uh, at least part of me is. Mm -hmm. But you have to take that leap. And what I talk about is you can't see, feel, taste, or even experience air. 
yet we've all come to the conclusion that it's there. We breathe it in, (laughs) we breathe it out. No one can see it. And yet we all agree, yes, there's air there. But the chakras take us to a whole other level. If you if you indulge me for a moment, I'd just like to read you this wonderful quote from Albert Einstein, who was, yes. to me, the epitome of science and spirituality melded together. I think he did a great job of all that. Even when they asked him, uh, how did you discover the properties of light? And he just smiled and he said, I didn't discover it. I meditated on it and it revealed itself to me. Mm. So this is, this is how he thought. This is his quote. The intuitive mind is a sacred gift and the rational mind is a faithful servant. We have created a society that honors the servant and has forgotten the gift. Mm. Yeah, I, I remember that from the book and I was really struck by that quote. I think it's um, it's marvelous and really captures something. I was also listening to something <laughs> over the last few weeks and you know they were just making the point about um, you know that that really when we just look at the body and insist on just looking at the um, you know what in um, yoga we would call just the physical body the anamaya kosha that layer of our body that or, or layer of ourselves that is the physical you know body it's really we're stuck in newtonian physics and you know to bring things into the modern age to bring things into you know the einsteinian universe you know where you know matter there's a relationship between matter and energy i mean it's right there right but um we haven't made that leap we, we haven't don't... made the leap no not at all and to separate the body from the mind and emotions is actually impossible. You right. can't do it. You can't yeah. take it out of it because it's body is just gross mind and mind is subtle body. So where we think we can separate it, and this is, I think, one of the problems in our separation of our own being, we've also separated with other people. So the first thing is to unite us back together with ourself, which, of course, is what yoga is. Mm-hmm. to yoke together, to bring back, to unite. And then we start to see that everyone else is also us. We're not different. We're not separate. Right. So all this is all connected. And I think that sometimes in yoga, as we see it today, the separation becomes very strong and people think that that's what we need to do. Yet it's the opposite. We need to bring everything back back together as one, that our bodies, minds, emotions, and spirit is all one. It's just different levels of manifestation. And I think that's basically what the chakras tell us. We, We see the heaven and we see the earth chakras. We see the ones that help us survive on this earth. We see the ones that help us remember who we are. And they're all within us, constantly acting at the same time. It's just where do we want to put our focus? Right. Yeah, I actually like that in the book you were talking about, you know, if there's a hot air balloon, but you're looking at you're looking at the ground. Exactly. Well, you're not going to see the hot air balloon because it's above you. And even if someone tells you, oh, there's a hot air balloon, you say, I don't believe it because I can't see it. Right. All you have to do is change your vision and look up. Look up. Matter of fact, they use a wonderful word in uh, the space and aeronautics field. Uh, when they send a rocket ship up, 
they call it gaining altitude. And once it gets to the point where it starts orbiting around the earth, they call it an attitude. Mm-hmm. And what it is, if there's a little window and it's showing the moon, if it changes its attitude, you can't see the moon anymore. So therefore, we have that same thing. It's our attitude. Where are we looking? Where is our focus? And if our focus is on the spirit, then we're going to see spirit in everyone. If it's on the body, we're going to say, oh, her body isn't very nice. I remember when she was young and thin, and look at her now. That's not who she is. She still has the spirit in her, no matter what. And when we look at that, that's where the love is. That's where the love manifests. Mm-hmm. Isn't it? Isn't it interesting though that our inner, our inner sense of ourselves, even as our outer self changes. You know, we age and you know look in the mirror, and you know the hair gets gray, and we develop wrinkles, and and yet inside, you know, we still feel as though we are, you know, uh, younger. I mean, that's my sense. You know, I still feel like I don't know. I'm in my twenties or thirties. I remember my mother at 92 calling me into her room with shock. And I ran in. I said, what? What's the matter? And she pointed to the mirror and she said, look at that mirror. Who's that old lady in there? (laughs) And I thought to myself, yeah, because we don't. We don't we don't feel. Imagine if we didn't have mirrors. Exactly. How how amazing that would be. (laughs) Yeah. But then if we passed a store window, you know, we might... (laughs) You'd wonder who is that person in there? Exactly. <laughs> like your mom, she'd get you'd get we'd get a, a shock. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> who is that woman? And she's following me. And looking for clarification. Who is that? <laughs> <laughs> no, indeed. And with that, uh, this time is just flying by. We've come to the end of the first segment. You're listening to the Yoga Hour with our special guest, Ms. Chala Joy Davey, author of several books, including the book that we're discussing today, The Namaste Effect, Expressing Universal Love Through the Chakras. You can find out more about Ms. Chala's books, her CDs, and workshops at her website, AbundantWellbeing.com. AbundantWellbeing.com. We welcome your comments and questions. You can contact us at yogahour at unity.fm. I'm Dr. Laurel Trujillo, producer and co-host of the show. When we come back from the break, we'll explore more about the properties of the chakras. We'll be right back. You're listening to Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. As Unity Online Radio continues to expand its programming and outreach around the world, we depend on the generosity of listeners like you. If you enjoy the programming, Please make your donation today by going to unityonlineradio.org and click on Donate. 
Thank you for your support. Here's a Unity Teachable Moment with Rev. Wendy Craig Purcell, taken from a talk called The Plan Unfolds. One of the other aspects of helping to really identify a true new beginning is being willing to sit in deep questions and pay attention to your answers to those deep questions. Deep questions like, what does my soul really long to do and be? If I didn't have to worry about paying bills, what would I really want to do? I'm not suggesting that you drop the the real responsibilities of adulthood, but you can drop that from your process of questioning. What does my heart and soul long for? And what do I need to do to begin to build my life, more of my life, to look like that? To find a Unity Church near you, visit unity.org. Know Yourself as Divine, Stations of the Cosmic Christ. A new book from Matthew Fox and Bishop Mark Andrus introduce a spiritual practice designed to help you realize the divine within. Combining prayer and an interpretation of the Stations of the Cross, featuring beautiful imagery, you will be led on a process of transformation. This book will help you discover the most caring, courageous, and compassionate parts of yourself. Get your copy today at Amazon.com or Unity.org shop. Since 1924, Daily Word has offered inspiration and practical teachings through daily prayer messages to help people of all faiths live happy, healthy lives. The magazine includes two months of daily affirmations, messages, articles, and spiritual poetry to help you get inspired. Subscriptions are available for print editions in large type and Spanish, as well as the digital subscription package that includes the online magazine with audio, smartphone app, and daily email. Get your subscription today. Visit dailyword.com or unity.org. Discover how to connect with our loved ones on the other side with Suzanne Giesman and Messages of Hope. Tune in every Thursday at 3 p.m. Central as Suzanne shares evidence that love never dies. An evidential medium, spiritual teacher, and author, Suzanne brings hope and healing through her gift of communication with those who have passed. Suzanne brings messages of hope and love that go straight to the heart. Tune in this Thursday right here on Unity Online Radio. Call now with your question or comment. 816-251-3555. That's 816-251-3555. You're listening to The Yoga Hour, living the eternal way with your host, Yogacharya, Ellen Grace O'Brien. Welcome back from the break. This is The Yoga Hour. Ms. Tala, there's way too much information in your book to cover in one brief conversation, but rather than touching on each of the chakras so briefly that it would be a blur, I thought we could dive more deeply into one of the chakras as an introduction to the book, which then will provide a little taste for our listeners. <clears throat> so let's talk about the Muladhara chakra, the root chakra, which is one of the three lower chakras, which you describe, and I, I like the definition or the description of the earth chakras or the lower three chakras. And I, I loved how you mentioned that we need all of our chakras, that the lower three earth chakras are equally important to the four upper chakras, which you describe as the heaven chakras. So, um, the, the primary focus that you talk about in the book of the root chakra is survival. So um, 
why is it important for us to own all of our chakras? Although some refer to these three lower chakras as perhaps less important. It's, you know, better to be in the quote unquote upper chakras, these heaven chakras, as you describe them. Why, why is it important to own all of them? Well, I think, Laurel, the, the, first we have to understand what yoga is. Then we, I think the, the whole idea of the chakras comes in. Yoga, one of the preliminary basic functions that we hope to achieve in yoga is balance. That's really the word that we're looking for. We want everything in our life to be balanced. And I think that in our modern society, balance is so far away that we don't even think of the word anymore. But there needs to be a balance between waking and sleeping, eating and not eating. It talks about this in the Bhagavad Gita, one who sleeps too much or sleeps too little, eats too much or eats too little works too much or works too little. So we're looking for a balance. And I think when we look at the chakras, it, it's already there for us. When we understand the subtle energies and how they flow from the solar plexus, there's an energy that flows down called the uponic energy. And then there's the energy that flows upward, which is called the pranic energy. So we begin to see that the the earth chakras, I'm starting to talk like everybody else now, the lower, the, yeah. earth, the earth chakras, because I didn't want to call it upper and lower because right. it, it has other meanings. Mm -hmm. And it means it's less than, right. and it's not true. We have to be connected to the earth because we're earth beings. Right. So the, the earth chakras, this, they draw the essence from the earth and they return the essence to the earth. So this is a sense of feeling grounded. I am part of the earth. Uh, and this then gives us our sense of survival in the Muladhara, our sense of connection in the Muladhara with the earth, which in big cities, we've lost that connection with the earth. Most mm -hmm. people don't have it anymore. And then we have the, the communication, the basic communication. We also have then the socialization in the Swadhisthana chakra that we begin to realize that we need to connect with other people. We're not alone, alone on this planet. Mm -hmm. And then we come also to the intellect in the Manipura chakra, the way of thinking, the, the, uh, the whole presence of mind comes in that way, as well as our power. So those three keep us connected to the earth. And if they're in balance, we feel good. We feel energy. We feel alive. We feel a lack of fear and a presence of stability and stillness. And then we move into the, the heaven chakras, which give us the more lofty aspect of who we are, the compassion and love in the uh, anahata chakra, the heart chakra. And then the throat chakra gives us that expansiveness of understanding things that normally could not be understood by the limited mind. And then we get into the really subtle, which we start realizing that we're one with everything. And until we finally mesh back and, and go back to our light, so all the chakras have their way of functioning. And a, a perfect way is if we have them all in balance. We can be spiritual 
and human at the same moment mm-hmm. and express those qualities of humanity and divinity at the mm-hmm. same time. Lovely. Does that make sense? Absolutely. So I appreciated the, um, toward the end of the book, you really focus on, uh, well, actually, no, I guess it's the beginning. (laughs) Um, You focus on encouraging people to experience the chakras for themselves, which I thought is such a good message that it's not just for the few, you know, just for like yogis who go live in a cave, in a cave. Um, You know, these are these energetic vortexes, as you describe them, in that we can experience them for ourselves. So um, you you tie the notion that there are these seven chakras that we also have, amazingly, seven days of the week. So you give several (laughs) suggestions about how to experience each chakra on a given day of the week. I thought it'd be fun to kind of bring that into the discussion. So people will have, again, a sense of what they might get more from the book. So you give a different affirmation about namaste. Uh, which is associated with each of the chakras. So the affirmation you give for the root chakra or muladhara is, when I am in a place of love and oneness, I am one with Mother Earth. Namaste. So how do you recommend that people use the affirmations associated with the chakras? Well, through the book, what I have, I have these affirmations to just stop and take a breath, repeat them, <clears throat> and spend a few moments feeling what that means. Because I think one of the things that happens, especially writing a book, and as you know, I do this uh, type of work also in a workshop format where I'm with the people. But when I'm sending out a book into the world, I don't really understand or know who's going to pick it up. And my, getting back to Einstein's quote, my intention is to let people know that there's only a certain amount you can learn with the mind. There's only a certain amount that you can grasp intellectually. It's not math. It's not even spelling or grammar. It's something that's so lofty that you, that we don't bring to our present, our presence on a daily basis. We've pushed it back so far that in order to get it again, we have to go into our intuition. We have to go into the subtle aspects to find that. And by repeating an affirmation, especially over and over again, we engage that intuitive sense. We allow that intuitive sense to step forward, not pushing the intellect out of the way, but to be at least present with the intellect. So what we understand intellectually, we then begin to deepen with our intuition. And I think that's what the affirmations, and there's also practices after each chakra that also right. helps us with that. So <clears throat> that's why I've, I feel that in, a, in a, uh, a book on yoga philosophy or yoga wisdom, however you want to place it, there has to be the practice aspect. That's yes. what makes yoga different from many other traditions. There's more practice in yoga than there is wisdom, philosophy. So that's how it brings it into us. Indeed. So one of the things that you describe in uh, some detail, which I, I actually you know love, uh, is the colors, the association of a chakra with color and how each chakra actually radiates a color. So the colors associated with the root chakra are red and black. And in the book, you tell a story about your mother and her red sweater, (laughs) which I loved. So can you share that story with our listeners? 
Well, yeah, I, I think that red is the color of vitality. It's also the color of life. It's the color of our blood that flows through us. So there's a certain vitality. And as people get to a certain point in their life, whether it's old age or whether it's sickness, they start to pull away from the roots from the earth. And many people will then go to the color red because it helps them re reconnect with the earth because basically the earth is red. When we look at the earth, it may look brownish because it's dried, but it's the same thing that would happen if you cut your finger and let the blood dry, it turns to brown mm -hmm. as it oxidizes. So we can think of her as our mother. And as we start to pull our roots away from it, we feel our moving away from the earth. So my mother was very attractive. At this point, she was in her 90s. She was very attractive to this one red sweater. It made her feel vital. And when she wore it, people complimented her. Oh, you look so cheery. You look so rosy. So she would wear it constantly. And I went over there one day and I, I saw her from the back and I was horrified. It was threadbare. And I thought to myself, people are going to think, oh, she doesn't care about her mother. She's not taking care of her mother. And I tried to I tried to persuade her, let's go buy another one. No, she wouldn't have it. She loved that sweater. So I took it upon myself to start scouring all the department stores around to find her the same exact sweater. And finally, I found something so close. And one night I snuck in her room. I took her old one. I replaced it with the new one. And she put it on the morning, had no clue, and was just as happy as can be. But, <laughs> but she, it, I could see how she clung to that, the power of that earth chakra <clears throat> to keep herself vital as long as she was on this planet. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And you also talk about how you know the color black is also associated. And, and you mentioned a minute ago how it's hard to connect with the earth in cities because yes. a lot of the earth is just covered over. In fact, you have a cute story about someone at a workshop in New York who, um, you know, you said to, you know, go and, and uh, um, I, I can't exactly remember your instructions, but to like find, you know, find the earth. And yeah, so she was right outside, yeah. right outside the building in one of those little tiny uh, enclosed areas around a tree, she'd stepped over the little fence, you know, it's right. <laughs> walking right around the tree because that's all there was. That's all there was. And if you realize yeah. in New York City, even when you look at <clears throat> ground level, how many levels below? There's the subway, there's the um, the sewer system. Until you get to the earth, it's so far. And uh, so that's what I gave them, that little go find some earth. Well, not easy to find. But um, we don't but, we don't connect with the earth if we're in the cities most of the time. Yeah, but I, I liked how you said it's a you know where is it most common to wear black you know and and That's, it is it is an urban thing right and I thought it was interesting that you know they need that you know um, we need that connection you know with the earth and you mentioned if you're going to wear black wear a little red with it exactly <clears throat> or wear something that that just counterbalances it. it black is is wonderful if you want to feel grounded the problem is you can feel too grounded and actually get into depression with it right. so we have to be very careful all the, all colors are vibrations 
I don't know if we really understand that sometimes, but color is a vibration and it takes us to where that vibration goes. So to so just be cautious with black. Also, you notice that if you go 40 miles outside of a major city to the countryside, especially if it's a farming community, they rarely wear black mm -hmm. because they're in touch with the earth. They're part of the earth. Yeah. And that's something that we don't think about it. We just think about fashion. We don't think about what it, how it vibrates with us. When, when it became very popular, people were doing their colors. It wasn't right. really to bring them to a chakra. It was, to, it was according to their skin tones, et cetera. Right. So I think right. we have to also feel, where, where is this vibrating on me? And is this what I want to do today? Right. So as you mentioned in the book, the lower five chakras are associated with uh, a sense. Each one has a sense. And the sense that's associated with the root chakra is smell. Yes. As, you, as you point out, smells are very potent triggers for memory. Yes. So how would you recommend that we use this association between smell and memory to better understand or experience the root chakra? Well, I, first of all, I think we should be aware when we start to lose our smell in any particular way. And this is what people say to me, oh, I can't smell that, I can't smell this. Well, one of the things we used to do with our uh, uh, cardiac patients in the study is there was a beautiful rose garden and I would always take them down. Yes, I know it's a joke to smell the roses, um, but some of them would stand there and they'd say, I can't smell it. I'd say, then go to the next one begin to cultivate that sense of smell so the memory becomes sharp. And then we, we start to, to remember, oh, my father smelled like that. Oh, this is what happened when I smelled this, I smell danger or whatever it is. So to constantly begin to use that sense of smell again to enliven the Muladhara chakra, to enliven our sense of survival. And Whatever that means, smelling flowers, bringing something sweet smelling into the house, using incense, um, essential oils, whatever it means to be able to heighten that sense of memory again. Because that's why people say, oh, as you get older, you lose your memory. But do you also lose your sense of smell? And they're now finding, yes, that yeah. people with Alzheimer's can't smell anymore. So could it be a way of keeping that mind alert and, and focused? Mm -hmm. I think it can. So we've talked about um, colors and we've talked about, you know, the, the association of the Muladhara chakra with, um, you know, with the earth, you know, being grounded. Um, so what are some other ways of experiencing the root chakra? Well, I think the one of the things is really being in contact with the mother, Mother Earth, and going out, if possible, early in the morning and walking on the earth with your bare feet, just feeling that going, if you're lucky like you are to be near a beach, go and put your feet in the sand. Just live with that earth as much as you can. If you're not able to, take a bath with Epsom salts or something again that brings you back to that earth. And most of all, begin to respect her with 
any way that we can, whether driving less, whether recycling, whatever it is, it brings our awareness to this amazing resource that we have that sustains our life. And if, if she's healthy, we're healthier. If she starts to have problems, we start to have problems because we're made up of earth. Mm-hmm. We are earth. Mm-hmm. And to really have that respect. Uh, I don't know if you remember that little story that I told about my teacher in the uh, Muladhara <laughs> Chakra that mm-hmm. I think was so um, enlightening for me that we were walking together in, uh, in Switzerland. Uh, we were walking across a, a meadow. And I noticed that when he walked, and he was much larger than I am physically, but when he walked and he put his foot down, when he picked it up, the grass came back up. Mm-hmm. And I looked at mine, and when I stepped down, it stayed compressed. And this went on for a, a bit. And I looked at my other people I was walking with, and the same thing as I was. So finally we caught up to him, and we said, Swamiji, uh, we don't understand. When we step on the grass, it flattens. When you step on the grass and you pick your foot up, it comes back up. Why is that? And he got very quiet and put his hands on his heart. I'll never forget. Put his hands on his heart and he said, when you walk on the earth, you think this is something that you that's just there for your benefit. When I walk on the earth, I walk with reverence, feeling that I'm walking on my mother's bosom. I'd never walk on the grass without thinking about that many years later. And I think that's the kind of reverence that we have to keep because look what we're doing to her. And you know what? She's not happy and she's letting us know she's not happy. So driving less, carpooling, ride your bike, uh, buy a car that's not, doesn't use a lot of gasoline, whatever it takes, be engaged in the mother earth and she will help you stay healthy. So in the um, probably about five minutes we have left, um, we only have time to touch on one other chakra today. So I thought it would be good to touch on the, the heart chakra, Anahat. And <clears throat> you're at, I, I you're, knew you were going to go there, Laura. Did you? <laughs> I did. <laughs> <clears throat> well, it seemed appropriate, you know, talking about uh, universal love. So your affirmation for the heart chakra is, when I dwell in the place of love and oneness, I feel compassion and love for all. So let's talk a little bit about the heart chakra. So obviously love, the connection with love. Yes. So... Um, what is your, um, I don't know, in the, in the way that uh, survival, you know, was the association with the root chakra and then love is the association with the heart chakra? So I think the first thing that we notice about the heart chakra is where it's placed. There are three chakras below that are earth chakras and there are three heaven chakras above. So it's really literally in the center of our being. And I think that that, to me, says a lot, that if we live from the heart, then everything else comes in balance. And it's not an easy place to live from in a world that's not reciprocal. But yet, 
keep putting out that love, keep putting out that compassion for everything that happens. And when we get in the balance of the heart chakra, even the symbol of the heart chakra, it's a upward uh, forming triangle and a downward forming triangle that intersect, which means it brings the earth and the heavens together to become one with the earth, one with the heavens and one with everyone. So that love and compassion seems to be our natural essence, but we forget about it. And that can be as simple as just saying good morning to somebody with a smile who maybe looks a little down or sending a sweet message to someone or doing something nice for yourself, saying today I'm going to take a little time to just sit down and read that new book that I just got or whatever it is. But when we feed our heart, it comes out multifold in love and compassion for ourselves and for others. And to me, this is really the center of it. And from the heart, the other chakras are fed with love. So from the heart chakra, the, it gives it to the Muladhara chakra and says, okay, you love, it manifests as loving the earth and each chakra, but this is the central chakra, the mm. central one of love. And all the scriptures, at least that I've seen, all talk about how this is who we are. We are the essence of love. Mm. And that's where we come from. So to move <clears throat> more from that, instead of saying, oh, I don't like the way that person, blah, 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 instead say, oh, look at the beauty of them. We are one, we are love, we are compassion. Exactly. <clears throat> I um, enjoy um, your description of the kind of hugs you like, you know, yes. which are left side to left side, <laughs> heart to heart. Yes. And then the little heart cells start beating in rhythm with each other. It's, <laughs> it's such a sweet way of greeting someone yeah. or saying goodbye to someone. You just feel them. Not a just perfunctory squeeze, but a real hug. Exactly. And with that, we have come to the end of the show. Oh, wow. um, I know, just has flown by. You've been listening to The Yoga Hour. It's been my pleasure to share this time with you. I'm Dr. Laurel Trujillo, producer and co-host of the show, and we've been discussing yoga and oneness with a special guest, Ms. Chala Joy Davey, author of the book we've been discussing today, The Namaste Effect, Expressing Universal Love Through the Chakras. You can find out more about Nischala's books, CDs, and workshops at the website AbundantWellBeing.com. Thank you so much, Nischala, for joining me today on the Yoga Hour. It's been my joy. Namaste. Namaste. Now, a few announcements. Yogacharya O'Brien uh, will be offering a silent retreat in the silence of the soul from uh, June 6th to 9th in Boulder Creek, California. You can find out more details at uh, the CSE website. Um, she also continues her speaking tour in support of the book, 
the Jewel of Abundance, Finding Prosperity Through the Ancient Wisdom of Yoga. She will be a plenary speaker at the upcoming International Association of Yoga Therapists Conference in Newport Beach, California on June 16th. She will also be offering a retreat at the Karpalu Center for Yoga and Health in Stockbridge, Massachusetts from August 11th to 14th, entitled Live Your Abundant Life Now. You can find out more about Yogacharya's speaking schedule on her author website, ellengraceobryan.com. Join us next week on May 30th when Yogacharya will join me uh, to discuss Live a Soul-Guided Life. And Nisjala, once again, thank you so much for joining me. It's been my joy, Laurel. Thank you so much. And thanks to everyone who is listening. Yeah. Namaste. Namaste. The Yoga Hour is a service project of the Center for Spiritual Enlightenment, a meditation center in the Kriya Yoga tradition. CSE welcomes people from all backgrounds who are seeking self and God realization, as the path to spiritually conscious, fulfilled living in today's world. Remember to subscribe to the Yoga Hour podcast at iTunes or Stitcher. Thank you to the Yoga Hour team regular host, founder, and director of the show, Yogacharya O'Brien, assistant producer, Anne Hayes, CSE's global media outreach manager, Holly Gray, and Jeff Comfort and Louis Pagan in the sound booth at unity.fm. I look forward to being with you next time. Until then, remember, you carry your own healing and wholeness within you. Share your peace and joy with all you meet. Bye now. Thanks for listening. This is Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Are you ready to experience the rich interconnection of spirituality, orientation, and identity? If so, plan to attend Liberating Your Divine Identity, a retreat at Unity Village during Pride Month, June 9th to the 12th. This soul-filled retreat is facilitated by LGBTQIA Unity ministers with workshops and ceremonies to cultivate a deeper awareness of our spiritual nature. Register at unityvillage.org forward slash IMDivine2022. 